Game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore and Tanner C-H-U-B-E-Y. Uh, Nate, you know, I know you're a gamer and, uh, and all this, and, uh, you know, I'm just thinking maybe out loud as far as in your shoes right now. It's like, all right, we've done all the things we can do. We've done all the game planning we can do. Maybe, maybe, you know, just we'll just go in next year and just not think that anymore and just win this thing when we don't think so much. Is that good? Am I on the right path at all with this? Like, maybe just guys think a little too much? That was the voice of Colorado Hockey Now's Adrian Dater asking Nathan McKinnon after the Colorado Avalanche's first Game 6 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights that knocked him out of the playoffs about next year's postseason. Riley, listening to that question, for one, how do you respond as Nathan McKinnon? Because he didn't respond at all, and I don't blame him. And two, what was he trying to ask? Because I've watched it about 10 times, and I have no clue what the point he was trying to get across was. First off, so the way he responded was perfect, just by no- nothing. Because what do you, what do you say to that? He he just threw his head back. He he kind of looked. He was like, I, I don't want to answer this. I don't know how. And then for the second part, what he was trying to ask, I do not have a clue what he was trying to get. I think he summed it up perfectly at the end of his own question when he went, "Am I on the right track at all here with this?" And I was like, "No, you aren't." <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you weren't. And you know, I feel so bad for Mark Spector. If you if you play the clip longer too, it it just goes so. Uh, last question, Mark Spector from Sportsnet. Like, imagine trying to follow that up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You just gotta no. like. Uh, good luck. You just say good luck and you move on. Yeah, like you're gonna get anything out of Mac at that point after that question. And the funny thing was, I, I love these post game conferences especially after a series loss like that you know these guys are going to be pissed off especially mckinnon he's probably yes. if you watch like him outside of the nhl he's one of the most competitive guys in the league Easily. he wants nothing more than to win and you had his quote earlier in the segment he said there's always next year i'm going into my ninth year and haven't won sh-. i'm definitely motivated it just sucks that doesn't sound like that what more do you need you could yeah. put that on every single article and it'd exactly. be like, yep, that's the quote. It is a very tough situation for McKinnon. I do feel bad. I know you weren't too happy um, <laughs> after that. But, <laughs> you know, he still has a team with him, right? And he still wants to win with that group. So I don't think he should be too discouraged. I know I think he's he didn't lose any hope or anything there. He just, like he said, it sucks. And really, if if you're the Avalanche, you're Joe Sackett, you're changing nothing. You try and get you you get re-signing your your free agents this year. I think uh, Landeskog you have to get back, Makar. Uh, hopefully try and get Sod and some surrounding pieces back too. But you don't change anything because no. realistically that was the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Those were the two best teams. And you never know what could happen. Obviously the Lightning look good, Islanders look good, but that that was the biggest series that we've seen so far. In terms of the series, what did you think of it? I, I sent out a tweet about it. If you want a series to get your friend invested in hockey this postseason, that was it because yeah. it was bananas every single game. Yeah, I just it was crazy watching Vegas slowly chip away and figure out Colorado as the series went on and be able to keep their confidence game in and game out and mm-hmm. watching the Avs keep trying to battle back. It was just fun all around. Yeah, uh, we talked about it a little bit last episode 
after that first game, it was all Vegas, and it kind of stayed that way the rest of the series. Uh, the Avs lucked out game two. Grubauer kept a minute. They almost stole game three, yeah. if you remember that. They just blew it a little bit there in the third. And I'll give credit to the Avs in games um, in games five and six. I thought they played well. You know, they had that little collapse in the third in game five, and then Stone, what an absolute snipe in yeah, overtime beautiful. on Grubauer. And then... Just couldn't keep up with Vegas. It was just too much for them to, to keep up with. Four lines on Vegas. They can just roll so many, so many players on the ice at every time that you're confident with. Yeah, and that's what you need, especially in the playoffs, and it shows every year. It doesn't matter how many top guys you have. If you have a complete team, you always have the advantage. I do want to bring up after, I can't remember, it was after game two. It was when Colorado won an overtime off that weak, that weak slashing call, and we'll call it for what it is. It was weak. Yeah. It was not good. Pete DeBoer called out the referees, and good on DeBoer. He, I guess he knew what he was doing because Vegas did not get much called against them the rest of the series, which that was the Avalanche's most lethal part of their game is their power play. Yeah. So kudos to Vegas, man. They played great, and Marc-Andre Fleury is going on back to the conference finals again to take on the Habs. Um, in terms of the Avalanche, I really didn't think McCarr had a good series now it's only a second full year yeah but i think that was probably the biggest thing vegas did is they shut him down and put a lot of pressure on him because he looked nervous the entire time yeah well you remember like mccarr's first year was in the playoffs if i'm correct right mm -hmm. and he was a star because yep. people didn't know who he was mm -hmm. people know who he is now and it started to show how different things can be when you get targeted especially when you're younger yeah well and we've seen how good he's been right over his two years like he looks like he's been in the nhl for five or yeah, seven years or whatever now exactly and it just kind of showed that maybe that age that mindset there he's still you have to kind of maybe get your shit rung a little bit in the playoffs to kind of learn and get better which is why i think if you're the abs like i've said you don't worry you don't panic come back with this team next year and you're gonna be fine yeah i, I have a lot of hope for that team to win a cup in the next few years here let's move on to the next series Habs and Jets now this I think when we talked last time we figured this series was over but it was only two nothing mm -hmm. uh the Jets end up getting swept by the Habs in what was not a close series at all nope. it was completely lopsided so we now have the Montreal Canadiens versus the Vegas Golden Knights and before we get our predictions on this the CN Tower lighting up in montreal canadians colors now the cn tower is a federal building so they do do this they do uh you know display colors a lot of the time with you know charities and stuff yeah, from other provinces and toronto, all that stuff right? yeah it's not it's just based in toronto but does this not seem stupid yeah, like it 100 <laughs> i was just gonna say like still a stupid call i don't know what you're thinking like it's a punch in the face i listened to this podcast the steve dangle podcast and adam well on there he has this great point of how canadian teams have this little man syndrome in comparison to the states because everyone's like who are you rooting for well i'm gonna root for montreal because it's canada's only team left no why yeah that's who, that was the same conversation we had here it was like that that's not how it works like you don't well, why like does it have to be that way why are you gonna you're gonna ask like a Leafs fan to root for the Montreal Canadiens just because they're Canadian. 
Who yeah. cares? You think Flames fans or Oilers fans are going to root for each other if they made a cup exactly. run? No, it's not how that works. Man, good thing the Philadelphia Flyers are going off to the conference finals. Said no Pens fan ever. <laughs> yeah, good luck to them. That's no. Yeah. Bring the cup home to Pennsylvania. No. If it's coming to Pennsylvania, it's coming to our city. It's it's such an annoying thing, and I'm, I don't understand. If I'm – and. Toronto fans, understandably, are kind of like, uh, why? Really? Why are we doing this? Yeah, that's just but... rubbing salt in the wound big time there. Exactly. So, stupid, stupid idea. I don't know who gave the green light on that, but... Probably true. Um, probably. He's a Habs fan, isn't he? he? Is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, fair enough, I guess, but... <laughs> now, moving on to the series, Jets and Golden Knights, you have... The hottest goalie in the playoffs in Carey Price going up against one of what's looking like the most structured teams that can lock you down in the neutral zone, not allow you to get pucks in behind their defensemen, as well as hit you back hard in transition. Who do you think's taking this series and why? Well, right now I'm still uh, sticking to my cup pick with Vegas, um, so I'm going to take them. Uh... Like we, we just saw in the last series, they figured out goaltending, and it's been their biggest problem the last few years, and this playoffs especially, and they're figuring it out every time. So I think they're going to figure Price out and lock them down. I'd say let's go Vegas in six. You're giving them six games. Yeah. we. I mentioned it last episode. It's I don't know who this benefits, right, because these teams haven't seen each other all year. So... Mm-hmm. Is this going to benefit Price facing, you know, new shooters and new shooting tendencies, right, and different shot speeds even? Or, you know, is it going to benefit the players finding a a weakness and a different goalie? Like, who's it going to be tougher for? I just think Vegas is too deep, and they showed if you can shut down McKinnon and Rantanen, they did it for three games. If you can shut those two down, I have no doubt that they can shut. No offense to the Canadians, but I'm sure you can shut down to Foley. Suzuki, Caulfield, right? Not to say they're not going to play good, but... Yeah, I think it, it it's a big thing because obviously it, it's not a lie that McKinnon's better than anyone on the Habs, right? But Yeah. So now you don't have to put as much focus on that few amount of players and you can spread them out how you would normally run your lines and that, that gives them every line a bigger advantage. Absolutely. So I'm going to go... I'm, I'm choosing the Knights. Uh, I'm going to be a little less generous. I think it's going to be in five games. I, th- I think they're going to be a lot of low-scoring games, though, because I think Price yeah. is going to find ways to to try and will this team to the next yeah. round. It's still Carey but, Price, so. Yeah. Um, it'll be cool. Flurry versus, versus Price. Another thing uh, I thought's a pretty neat storyline, Pacioretty going up against his former team. Yeah, and Suzuki going against his team that he never, never played for. Did he ever play for Vegas? He never played no. for them. But, so, yeah. Uh, that Pacioretty, Pacioretty's time in Montreal seems like decades ago. I know, it's and weird. it's really not that long. <laughs> weird. I feel like he's been there forever, but he can't. He couldn't have been. No, like it. When was that trade? It was like 2018, maybe 2019, maybe even. Yeah. Like it wasn't long ago. So, I'm interested to see, and I hope. I wonder what uh, if there's anyone that's gonna know how price works i'm sure it'll be patch ready he can give a few tips to some of his teammates moving on tampa bay oh last thing to wrap that series up the predators who just teams seem to like to bully on twitter um 
They just really like to poke fun. Came up with a legendary response. Vegas tweeted at the Preds saying, so does, after they beat the Avs, does this deserve a banner for going to, <laughs> intending of going to the conference final? And the Preds said, yeah, here you go, and put a picture of the Vegas Golden Knights on a banner saying, this is why no one likes you. And I thought that was pretty funny, everyone picking on the Preds. And... Yeah, I'm loving the social media teams right now. It's, you know, something that's been very underrated in the NHL for way too long. And it's good to see that they're actually pulling it together, getting some people that enjoy and know how social media works to run their teams. They need that. And Big time. I, th- I think uh, you're going to maybe get the people who say, oh, that's not sports. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I don't want team. I don't want teams liking each other. That's the point. It makes it fun. This is, Yeah, exactly. I don't want them, you know, obviously you want some respect shown. Yeah, but it's all in good fun. It's been all exactly. in good fun the whole time. So. Yeah, it's the game of hockey. Yeah. Like, have fun with it. Tampa Bay and Carolina, this series – wasn't really that close either carolina made the games somewhat tight but um i don't have too much to say about it i didn't watch many of the games although dougie hamilton did have a quote you know saying we lost to a team 18 million dollars over the salary cap and we talked about this stop complaining you want a fix to this be better yeah get your team better that you can leave your best player off for the entire season exactly it's just tough um I think it was just, in general, dis- a disappointing um, series for Carolina. They didn't look – they looked okay, but I think they could have put up a way better fight than they did. Tampa looked like they had no worries the entire series. So, um, yeah, and isn't there rumors that Dougie isn't coming back next year? Well, he is a free agent. I don't know because they have – because there's Dougie Hamilton hitting free agency, and I imagine he's going to hit the open market if the Canes don't give him a good amount of money, and mm-hmm. as well as Brindamore and his entire coaching oh. staff, they haven't got back yet. So the Hurricanes got some work to do this postseason for sure. Yeah, I don't know. The Canes, I didn't really believe in them against Tampa. Tampa just seems on autopilot right now. Everyone is just bought in. And again, yeah. it's the same thing. It's the Vegas syndrome, right? They just have four lines of anybody can do something. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> John Cooper's quote a few weeks ago, calling like Barclay Goudreau, like he straight up just called him like a what is it, like a pickup truck or something, yeah. and or some some reliable vehicle. And he's just like, yeah, you know, you need those players, right? And yeah. I do want to give credit to Braden Point because I feel like this guy. Maybe he gets he definitely gets overshadowed by Stamkos and Kucherov, and I feel like he is always scoring the biggest goals for the Lightning in the postseason. Yeah, I still I think he has the more recognition now, but I still do think he is one of the more underrated players in the league, and he probably will be for a little while here. But yeah, he just seems to elevate his game every time I watch him. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Hamilton's quotes about the the eighteen million over the cap? Because a lot of people are not happy with what the Lightning did. We talked about it before, but I I think we should kind of maybe go back to it. I mean, I, I guess it's a fair response from a player that's clearly upset with the loss, right? And they need something mm-hmm. to say, but you know, you gotta you gotta pull it together, right? Like that's pretty, I, I guess, immature. Like you you know mm-hmm. you lost fair and square to some degree right like the team was still probably going to beat you even if they didn't have some of the players that you needed so yeah i don't know well and let's not act like tampa barely squeaked into the playoffs this year either 
They were they were third. I think they were just behind Florida. Like they weren't. They were only a few points behind them. Yeah. Um. So that that's just. I don't like people complaining about this because they broke no rules. And my advice is, just, you, you can't get mad at the Lightning for being this good yeah. that they can afford to do this, mm-hmm. right? And I I don't think this. It was such a. It's been anything but ordinary the last year and a half since this pandemic right i mean it was a 56 game season that started on in january yeah a little odd right if so yeah a full season they probably wouldn't have done this right you're gonna sit kucherov for 82 games there's no way this would have happened i know headman's got surgery coming this off season they're saying they're gonna do it with him again i don't think they will i don't think they want to keep headman out for 82 games and if they do Boo-hoo, because they have McDonough and Sergachev that can run the top four just fine. So cry about it, because they're good enough for it, and move on. Yeah. Just hope the just hope a team can beat them. Yeah. They're human. Yeah. They still exactly. lose games. They've lost before. <laughs> they yeah they Presidents Trophy year they got swept by the Blue Jackets like they're not about that. impossible. Um, anything else you wanna you wanna add on that, uh, series before we move on? No, I'm all good. So we got the Islanders and Bruins was the last series we'll talk about here. It seemed like the coaches maybe hated each other a little more than the players on the ice going back and forth about officiating. Yep. Um, Bruce Casty with one of the worst and nerdy insults. <laughs> quotes. Um, as, yep, the New York Saints call. So for those that don't know, uh, Casty said that the Bruins were essentially, or sorry, the Islanders were essentially running a narrative of being the New York Saints and not was mad that there, he felt there were no calls going against the Islanders during the series. And shout out to Islanders fans the next game for chanting New York Saints for the entire third period, which was awesome to see. And, you know, I'm happy the Isles won. Sorry, Boston. You got calls to your way for the last 10 years yeah it went it went both ways too and obviously there were some missed calls but there's always missed calls um and mm-hmm. it, it is annoying when you see something happen in your end that doesn't get called and it get calls gets called against you um oh 100 but it happens and it goes both ways all the time it's just how officiating has been lately and yes you can be critical about it and i think that's completely fair to be critical about mm-hmm. it you gotta hold someone accountable but and at the same time, you can't blame that on your loss. You guys outshot the ever-living shit out of the Islanders and still couldn't win. So, like, clearly there's bigger issues there than the officiating. Yeah, and Chicklets brought this up on their last episode. You know, their Boston's penalty kill was terrible. The mm-hmm. times they did have to kill a penalty, and sorry, you're not going to not get anything called against you in an entire series. You're going to be going to the box. Fix your penalty kill. The Islanders were destroying them yeah and then on their power plays that also took them a bit to get rolling but when it did get rolling it looked great the the islanders kind of they left the lane open for mcavoy to shoot on the power play and boston fell for it for a while and they just kept letting mcavoy shoot nothing came from it as soon as they figured out that they were letting mcavoy shoot they changed it and they just started lighting them up but then they didn't really make any changes to anything else like their power play looked great after that but then they mm-hmm. kind of just let everything else stay the same. And Boston was close. I mean, they that Pasternak open net that that hurt to watch. Like, when yeah. when's he ever gonna do that again? And then never. Marchant do it right after the next game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like that is like those are what lose you the series, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I guarantee you, if you at if you bet on Marshan and Pasternak, I don't think they're ever gonna let that happen again. At least twice in a row, or not for a while. They're gonna they're gonna make sure they bury that puck nine times out of ten. So, um, in terms of like the overall play, kind of shifting away from the officiating, you kind of mentioned the power plays and stuff a little bit. What did you think of this series? I thought it was it was fun to watch. You know, I, you know, it's not a secret that I don't love Boston. So, um, but I think Brock Nelson was insane he had a great series Peugeot looks unstoppable um Mm -hmm. he's just he's just like a tank he's a little tank he just goes through everything he just keeps going um Barzell started turning it around a little bit and yeah the Islanders goaltending what you know one of the hottest goalies in the league right now as well I think people and I think we got to start giving credit to he's his name's been getting a lot of traction recently Adam Pellick Pellick he has been incredible I said this I used to say this a lot last year. I think he was probably the most underrated D-man in the league because who knows Adam Pellick? When have you yeah. ever heard that name? Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to see people talk about it, and I like it. He definitely deserves it. And I'll, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was the same as you. Like I, I watched the Islanders lots last year, but I was kind of like, oh, they're just a bunch of these solid defensemen that are buying into Trotz's system, right? Like him, Pollock, Devon Taze was there. Um but no, this Pellet guy is so reliable. Yeah. He is the most. He's probably one of the most sturdy defensemen in his own end in the league, if not the most. I don't know how. Yeah, I. If you're Trotz, you gotta love having a guy like that mm-hmm. that you could put out there in any situation. Yeah, he's very reliable. Yeah, and Barry Trotz, give credit to him too. Um, another series win. What was that stat? It's like six. Since Tavares left, the Islanders have won six playoff series, and Tavares and the Leafs have won nada. Zero. Zip. Zip. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, no, I liked this series. I I personally think it was right behind the Avs and Golden Knights in terms of entertainment. Kind of different for different reasons, right? Yeah. Avs and Golden Knights was high-flying. No team was. It was like, we're going to open up the middle of the ice and try and skate over the blue line. This was chip and chase, you know, very structured defensively, yeah, and it was nice to watch. Me. Yeah. Um, I also so, think, uh, you know, Rask didn't have a great, great series either. And I'm, I'm someone that likes Rask a lot for not liking the Bruins, and I don't love when he gets the hate that he does because a lot of the time he is the reason that the Bruins make it to where they are. But he, he does have a habit for choking very important games. But his team is never there to help him. So Well, and this is where I think people should start calling out Bruce Cassidy. So it came out that Tuka Rask has suffered a torn labrum in his hip. He's going to be out for seven to eight months. Mm -hmm. And you could tell at the start of this series, he was looking, he looked like he was hurt. You could tell something is wrong. They pointed out on the broadcast, you know, he was slow to get up, moving side to side. He looked uncomfortable. We talked about Jeremy Swayman throughout the end of the season and how good he was for Boston. If you're Bruce Cassidy, I get you want to stay loyal to your guy. I get Tuka Rask as a UFA coming up. But this is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and Boston, with that those main three, like especially Bergeron getting older, you don't have many years left with these guys. No. you got to put the you got to put the healthy and best option. I think you could have trusted Swayman. Probably. I, I think especially one of those last games there when you had no other option. Um and Rask was letting in some weaker shots, you mm-hmm. kind of just have to do it. Like, it should have been, I think that should have been an earlier switch for sure. 
Yeah, and I think Cassidy needs to take some heat for that because I – and you're right. I don't get why Boston fans are always so hard on Tuka Rask. I would kill to have I know. Tuka on the Hawks. <laughs> like anyone, any team would take him in a heartbeat, but yeah. they just – they're so hard on the guy. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. It's like the same thing in 2015 in the Stanley Cup final. If you remember 2015, Tyler Johnson – was on pace to be the Conn Smythe winner. He was lights out for Tampa. Mm-hmm. But he had a broken wrist or a broken hand heading into the final. And it's like, okay, well, is 50%? And he was ineffective. He did nothing against the Hawks. He wasn't even, he, he did not intimidate me at all. Is 50% Tyler Johnson better than a 100%, you know, person you have on your bench yeah. or in the press box? It, it really depends. And, for most of the time, like just it's not worth it to play that injured player, no. right? Especially you a goal. Only blame yourself for yeah that. It's not really fair to anyone. Yeah, especially a goalie too. If you can't get a goal, I mean, shots come so fast in the NHL today, man. You can't react quickly, you know. Yeah. You can't move your body a certain way to make this hit. You can. You could probably attest this better than anyone. I'm kind of just spitballing out my ass here, but like, is that true? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And like. As someone who played on teams that only had one goalie, so mm-hmm. when I get injured, it's not it doesn't matter, right? Like you, you just gotta shut up and play through it. You can, like, yeah. That happened a lot where I would get hurt and stay down for a second, and then just being like, it doesn't matter how long I sit here, I still gotta get back up and go. <laughs> it's it's tough for sure. It's always nice to have a backup though. When I had the teams that you have someone that can back you up, it gives you a lot more confidence. You had a really bad we when we met up for the first time in Calgary, you told me you had a really bad injury on your leg or something one time, didn't you? And you had to just like hop right in. I've had a few. I I pulled my groin quite a few times. Um, mm-hmm. If this is the one you're thinking about, I pulled my groin, left, got off the like went to the bench because I had a backup goalie. Um, my buddy Zenin, great kid, uh, mm-hmm. and some. This team was kind of running us. They like they were putting us in our place. We we weren't having a very good game. Yeah. Zenin Zenin gloved the puck, and one of their players wanted to be cocky, and he stuck his stick in Zenin's glove, and mm-hmm. yanked at it. Zenin's a big kid, and this kid was not very big. So Zenin pulled him in, like grabbed his stick, yeah. pulled him in, and then blocker right to the face, dropped this kid. You know you can't punish someone with your blocker, so it got instantly yeah. to- tossed out. And I had to go back in with an injured groin, and that was probably one of the worst games I've ever played. Didn't you? Didn't you like slice your leg or something, or someone you knew slice their leg? Uh, no, I had someone step on the back of my leg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playing an Airdrie in this huge, huge kid. There's a big scramble. I don't really remember a ton of it. I just remember someone falling on me, looking back, and then looking at the back of my leg, and someone had stepped on it because I barely felt the pain when it happened, and I yeah. just looked down and I was messed up. So crazy crazy people playing with knives on their feet yeah it is a little concerning when you think about it (laughs) um anything to to wrap up that that series recap i think the islanders the better team won that's what i'll leave it at yeah um i know i think we can move on talk about what we think about the islanders tampa series what do you think is going to happen i'm excited i think Last year, I know it went six games, but it wasn't close. The Lightning controlled every game. It was kind of just, it was Islanders hockey, right? We're going to get outshot. We're going to try and capitalize on the opportunities that we do get, which it won them two games. I think this year's different because I think 
if I'm Tampa, I'm looking at this, and you know the style that the Islanders play. It's frustrating. It's boring. It's sickening, yeah. at least in terms to some people. I personally enjoy watching it, but if you're the Lightning, they got to be thinking not again. Yeah, that's it's definitely tough. And you think about, I think a lot of people aren't giving the Islanders credit, saying that the Lightning are just going to take them out. Even though Tampa dominated last year, it went to six games overtime. Mm-hmm. That one one goal could have taken that to Game Seven, and it all could have been different, right? So 100%. I think people need to think a bit harder about this series and not just look at it so black and white. Um, give credit where credit's due to both teams for sure, mm-hmm. and um, get ready for a fun series. It's gonna be good. Game one's to this afternoon in about I'm an hour and a half. Right now. I'm probably going to have to miss the end. We got a spike ball league starting today, but <laughs> nice. Can't can't yeah, can't miss that. Probably going to go get rained on and destroyed, but what are you going to do? Um Islander and the Islanders to me, we talk about the Leafs, right? The the first round woes, they're in the back of their head. They know it. It's messing with their play. Washington for years with round 2 against the Pens. They just couldn't get it out of their head. It took them a while to slay that dragon. I don't think the Islanders get in their own head i don't think barry trotz is going to allow them all. to i don't think they have that <laughs> mentality at all with any teams where they have that little buckle i like yeah i just i don't think they have that no they've got they've got too many players with with killer instinct i think mm. which that i'm going to call out the leafs again they just don't have any right now <laughs> at least it hasn't developed yet and you mentioned like if if they can keep capitalizing on the little opportunities they get, the small portion of opportunities they get, they got to Vasilevsky last year. Who's, who says they can't do it again, right? Yeah, there's just a shit show in the Islanders game right now. <laughs> Barzell just got oh, really? dropped. It started already? Yeah, it started at... Um, oh, I was... I don't know where I got 3.30 from. Completely, completely disregard that. No, so, um, oh, cool. So what's the score? Is it still 0-0? Zero, zero? Uh, yeah, 0-0... Zero, zero. Uh, nine minutes in, Tampa's got seven shots. Islanders have one, looking like normal. Yeah. Um, the Islanders <laughs> have already right. had a power play, too. They didn't get a single shot on their power play. That sounds probably about what I would have predicted for yep. game one between these two teams. And that's how it's going to go. <laughs> and the Islanders, I bet you the Islanders score before their fifth shot. That's going to be my prediction. <laughs> I guarantee you they do it. Yeah. It's going to, uh, it'll be like, Jordan Eberle, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> sure. um, uh, but yeah, anything to to wrap up this this preview? No, I um I don't really have a prediction. I don't know if I can make one right now. It's kind of hard to pick, right? I had I had the Islanders last year beating them in seven, going to the final. I'm gonna take the Islanders again. I think they're gonna they're gonna take down Tampa. Fair enough. I think it's it'll go seven. There's no way the Islanders do it quicker than that. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say seven as well. Um, uh, I really want to see how this first game goes to predict. <laughs> well, um, if you remember last year's game one, it was eight two for Tampa. Vasi just made like three insane saves. He's he looks on crack right now. Okay, so they have to score on the next shot for my prediction. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you remember game one last year, it was eight two Tampa and everyone was just kind of like, it's going to be a sweep. And then the Islanders just kept clawing and clawing and fighting back. Yeah. We'll see how it so, turns out, but 
yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to go seven this year again. Or not again, but this year. I think it'll make it there. I, I'm going to say Tampa and seven, though. That's, that'll Tampa be and seven. Now. Yeah. Honestly, I'm good with either of those teams going to the final. I'd like to see the Islanders more. I just, again, they're they're a team that everyone hates for the style they play, and I just I think it's beautiful hockey, just yeah. putting everyone to sleep. But I'd also like Tampa. To, I'd be fine with Tampa going on because it's cool. I like. I know everyone likes rooting for underdogs, but it's cool seeing the best team win. Yeah, it's cool seeing dominance, like a repeat man. It'd be cool to see that again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't Islanders have like. One of the most, like the most amount of goals in the playoffs right now, too. Yeah. So that's. I think. Out of I think the they're teams. first. So like. It's boring for what it is, but you still get to watch lots of goals. But, is give credit though, the the Islanders fans. How how can you how do you watch those games with how fun they are and not want to go? I'd go. I'd I would to see the game in Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. Those fans make it entertaining. Like it doesn't even Absolutely. matter what's happening. They're screaming the entire time. <laughs> Except, like Tavares's return game is one of my favorite games of all time, just because of the they were so hard on him when it he was got crazy. back. Crazy! I don't awesome. know how they were coming up with those chirps, like the chants they were coming up with were just so random. I don't know who was starting yeah. them, and it just kept going on the entire game. Not like, and everyone, everyone picks up on them too. Yeah, it was they, crazy. Yeah, where's your jammies is uh, is my favorite one. I liked it's which your is... bedtime. That was my favorite. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. if you haven't seen highlights of that game, look up Tavares' return to Toronto, and it's incredible. Yeah. The the crowd is probably one of the best you'll ever see in an NHL game. So that's pretty much the wrap on playoff hockey. There's a few other things we have outside. The Columbus Blue Jackets promote Brad Larson to the eighth head coach in franchise history he was an assistant for seven years under Tortorella which the fact that Tortorella was there for almost that long or that long is crazy again feels like that shouldn't be right Mm -hmm. um I was looking at the comments on when Columbus Columbus's announcement tweet on Twitter and Blue Jackets fans are not happy (laughs) they do not like this guy Riley's got some Voodoo doll just, knocking on his door there. Died in the other room, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I did not see too many happy campers in Columbus. I just saw them all talking about how upset they are and how they can't get anything right. I don't know much about this guy, so I can't say much, but I'll take their word for it, I guess. Cause... I, read, I read an article on Sportsnet today just before the show, kind of getting some background on him. And he you know, played in the NHL, and then he wanted to go the coaching route. And he, he learned that patience was probably going to be the biggest thing to help him and you know he spent seven years as the the assistant in columbus had some good some good memories there i mean they swept the lightning i don't think anyone's ever going to forget that series they were a decent constructed team yeah i think he's got a that uh is probably the biggest upset in nhl history i can't think of anything worse than that one of because the lightning that lightning team that season was something we're not gonna see again for how much what they they lost 16 games that season they had 62 wins i think that was wasn't that an it was tied for an nhl record or something it was stupid good yeah and then you get swept (laughs) by a team that almost didn't make it when they because that was the year they 
went all in at the deadline, yeah, right? Like they that got was, that, was team was, that was about to explode. We all knew they were about to. Everyone was about to move around, and then they pulled that off, and it was like a it shock. Was like, oh. And and then people were like, "Man, Columbus could <laughs> could do some damage," and then Boston ended up winning. But so good for him. Obviously, he he. It seems like he paid his dues, right? And I I hope it works out for them. I think it's kind of. I like kind of like when organizations hire him from within. You got a yep. three-year contract and kind of get their chance. So uh, I, I read that he hasn't talked to Jones yet about, you know, the direction of his system, but I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think Jones is gone nonetheless. Yeah. So interesting news there. Sticking on coaches, we had the Jack Adam nominees. We had Rod Brindamore in Carolina. Dean always mess his last name up Everson, Everson, uh, yeah some. something like that in minnesota and joel quenville in florida what'd you think of the the adams nominees yeah i think uh quenville deserves it this year and yeah my opinion um i know people were mad that someone got snubbed who was the well the i big verdict i was gonna talk about this because i sometimes feel like the jack adams award is the award like oh we didn't think you'd be here and no no offense to Everson and Quenville they're both great coaches I'm not questioning that but so, like I was just saying something has to be said about being the top team in the NHL right so yeah. you know how is a guy like Jared Bednar not in there kind yeah. of makes me a little upset but or a guy like Barry Trotz who has shown consistently right that, that he, he can, can run that system and it works. So, and it's his system. Like that's his signature. Yeah. Is how his team is run, and it works. So I like I've got nothing against the nominees. I think they they all do deserve it. I mean, Quenville. I don't doubt Quenville's a good coach. I watched him coach Chicago for over half a decade, right? But just uh, just a little little problem I have with the award. Um, who do you think takes it home? Yeah, I go with. Uh, I'll stick with Quenville. Yeah, I think he had so a great too. Year with that team um yeah and they proved that they can do something with who they have and i'm excited to see them in the next couple of years here florida too would have been better had they had a goaltender easy yeah i mean bob i mean i know dreger wasn't terrible in the regular season but he, you know he's bob not really proved to be a starter um yeah maybe this year he has given himself more of a case but you know Bobrovsky is just still such a big goose egg for that team like that just hurts <laughs> It just hurts, man. God, I if they can somehow manage, there's no way it happens. If they somehow got Seattle to take Bob off their hands, holy cow, man! Give I don't know, I can't <laughs> remember the GM of Florida, but give him GM of the year because yeah. holy smokes. Um, we had some other awards come out. The Hart finalist, Matt Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche, Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers, and Austin Matthews of the Toronto. Maple Leafs. I mean, I kind of understand all these guys. I yeah. like them all as the nominees, really. Yeah, same. I don't think you, you can maybe make some arguments, but this year it was pretty set in stone who they were going to be, and I think it's pretty set that McDavid wins it this year again. Should be. Should not be anybody else. Yeah. I, I love Mac, and I like Matthews. They should not even be sniffing the award this year. No, it just, it's just not fair. Do you think any player got snubbed of a, of a nomination? Eh, no, I think those three were just 
you know i think if anyone got snubbed you can't really compare like they would be on the same track um mm-hmm. but no yeah i don't think you could have changed much tom wilson for single-handedly ruining the rangers in a matter of five minutes i mean that fair enough <laughs> tom wilson snubbed tom tom wilson heart finalist next year <laughs> calling it right now and we also have the norris trophy nominees announced adam fox in for the new york rangers victor hedman of the tampa bay lightning and kale mccarr of the colorado avalanche um we talked about pellick was he maybe a, a snub this year i know we talked last week about this kind of just seems like whoever has the most points for a defenseman gets a nomination but what do you what do you think is there someone that maybe should be in here that didn't get uh, the recognition yeah like we like we said, we think there should be a distinction between most points and best defensive defenseman. I think that mm-hmm. shouldn't even be an argument, but whatever. Hopefully that changes. Um, yeah. I like all the nominations, though. I didn't watch much of Fox this year, so I, can't, did I. I can't really say. That, that, that one kind of came as a surprise to me, but like I said, I didn't watch it much, so I can't really say too much on that. Um, I know he dominated points-wise. Like, mm-hmm. it was... In like a short period too, because he wasn't. No one had said anything after the first month of the league about him. He never, the first month of the season, sorry. And then once like mid February, March hit, it was just all Adam Fox in New York, and it was this guy looks pretty good. Yeah, and then the other two, obviously, McCarr had an amazing year, and Headman is just Headman. Mm-hmm. He's insane. So, who's your who's it's it's headman i i just always it's kind of the mcdavid syndrome for defenseman he's just he's the most all-around yeah reliable defenseman in the he's the best defenseman in the world yeah yeah i say i i agree i I take headman basically every year he's just so good and that again that's nothing against the other two i mccarr is just something different man he skates yeah, he's so gonna be nice. right up there in the next few years. Him and Hedman mm-hmm. are gonna be running things. Um, yeah, and then I guess Fox looks good too. So we'll see. We'll see. I think I think one guy. Um, I don't know if I would have put him over these three or even Pellick, but I think a guy, a defenseman that maybe doesn't get enough credit is Jacob Slavin in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's like he's that kind of two-way defensive defenseman that we talk about that should probably get looked at more. Just doesn't put up a lot of points. But yeah, I'm I'm fine with the the nominees this year, and I let's hope Hedman takes it home because it's his trophy. Um, there was a post on I think on Instagram, and it was a picture of Patrick. It might have been Chicklet's Instagram, I think, of like Patrick from SpongeBob all tied up, and he doesn't look very happy. And it was talking about worst hockey takes you've ever heard. I just wanted to ask you for fun. What is the worst hockey take you have ever heard? in your life <laughs> i've heard some bad ones um i don't know do you have one i'll try to think of one here i'll tell you one. i'll give you one that i don't know if it's the worst it's just the one that comes to the top of my head right now that the brennan sod for artemi panarin trade was justifiable which it very <laughs> much was not at all yeah yeah that's a bad maybe <laughs> that's a bad take. quite quite frankly Maybe one of the worst trades in NHL history, if yeah. not the worst. It was awful. Yeah. Um, for me, one I gotta say is when people say that Flurry is overrated or that Flurry isn't a uh, a Hall of Fame goaltender. That that always makes me just like question if they've ever watched hockey before. 
because <laughs> I love Flurry and I just I don't think it's even debatable. And when people say that, I'm just confused. So he he has a unique style too compared to other goalies nowadays. Mm-hmm. He still he still brings out that poke check, that flying poke check every now and then, which is awesome to yeah. see. Yeah, no, he's how old is he? He's got to be over his mid thirties now, but he's still he's a he's a Vesna nominee. Going for his first ever Vesna, he's going for what his fourth Stanley Cup yeah. this year as the true starter. He's thirty six years old. Thirty six years old. Catch that? Could you please repeat it? <laughs> Thanks, um, Siri. <laughs> but yeah, he's thirty six, and I don't know if you saw the other night he went for the goalie goal. Um, yeah, because he has three things on his hockey bucket list that when he started, it's win the Stanley Cup, which he's done. Um, yeah get a goalie goal and a fight those are his three things and has he fought anyone he still hasn't fought he's tried multiple times and is always held back by the ref but knowing flurry i'm sure he'll have an opportunity especially when he knows it's his year up like he'll just fight someone for fun right yeah Um, some some goalie will give him that respect do it um or jordan bennington will just start pushing people like a little baby (laughs) that he likes to do and physically assault him um (laughs) But yeah, I, I would love to see a goalie go from Flurry, but you know how hard that is. Wouldn't that be cool? It'd be nice if he kind of like scored on a goalie. He was just like one <laughs> time, he just like what? It, it's like a penalty kill or something, right? And he's just like, I'll clear the puck out here, and it just like takes a weird bounce against Vasilevsky or whatever Varlamov in the final. <laughs> what? What are? What's Caroline gonna do? I don't know who their goalie's gonna be next year. Yeah, I don't know who they're gonna start. That's their toughest thing. Um, but yeah, that is a bad hockey take. Flurry is an awesome goalie. He, one of my favorites to watch too. Just such a lovable guy. Mm-hmm. He's always everyone loves him. You never hear a bad thing about him in interviews or from teammates, right? Um, last piece of news I had until uh, unless you wanted to bring something up after uh, Chicago Blackhawks signed first round draft pick of. 20 of the 2020 draft lucas reichel mm-hmm. um to his entry level deal who i believe had five points in nine games at the world championships and we talked a little bit about him before people some uh, scouts and analysts saying he's the german mcdavid which makes me <laughs> very very excited but we'll have yeah. to wait and see i haven't seen him play lots he was withheld from the juniors i think because of covid he was one of the people that had to stay back and I'm excited. Hawks have got a got a neat thing coming up next year. They got some. They showed the youth can play. They played better. The record didn't show it, but their youth showed that they can keep up with teams. The yeah. games were closer than they have been in the last three years when the Hawks were trying to make the playoffs. So yeah, it's definitely a good start. Absolutely. Anything else you wanted to to touch on? I did have this one. I know that we've been talking about it with uh, Crosby. Um, how he's still good and i don't know if you saw this stat by rob rossi i believe is how you say his name he showed some of the top players and their series wins over their seasons so we have Mm -hmm. mckinnon with three series wins in his first eight seasons mcdavid with one series win in his first six matthews with zero in his first five and then crosby seven series wins two stanley cup final appearances one cup win in first four seasons what else can you say prime crosby i don't even like saying prime because he kind of still is in his prime but yeah but crosby prime. was a 
different animal, man. Yeah, like that's insane. He was, and he would have been, he missed like a hundred games mm-hmm. more than Ovechkin because remember he had that awful concussion and then he he didn't want to go back for a little bit and they didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, it was a t- that was a tough time for Penguins fans, man. They didn't know what was going to happen with their star player, and he hundred less games and he's got more points than Ovechkin who has been in the league like it's crazy how good he is i i used to hate him right i used to be one of the people you know a stupid kid i'd be like oh yeah whatever cry baby crosby yeah 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 yeah. i still like to say that but (laughs) oh you do you do and he still kind of mouths off a little bit but you cannot deny how good of a player he is yeah like can you how many cups did Gretzky win? He won five, right? Yes, I think that's... I, I think it was five. And I think they were all with the Oilers. Because I don't think he ever won with the Kings. He didn't he win with the Rangers. Four, it says. He, yeah. he won four. Were they all with... They had to they have all been all with Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton. all four. It was the four right after... Like when they went on their streak after the Islanders went on their streak, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the Islanders and... Oilers ran the 80s. Yeah. Like, just, it, it, there was no one else that could compete. Um, yeah, Crosby. What a machine. I want him to win again. I wanted him to win so <laughs> bad this year. More. I wanted him to carry Cody Cece to, to the <laughs> promised land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing much else really to talk about. There was a post I saw with, like, I didn't know how accurate it was, so I didn't bring it up. It was like teams with the most cap space going into this offseason. I guess, if anything, you know, the teams with the most are Detroit and Ottawa. Their projected cap space, anyways, is looking pretty good. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going in with a projected minus $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You do you, Tampa. You do you. Yeah. You guys, you guys go ahead. Um, Oh, what did you what did you think of we previewed it last episode? What did you think of the the Logan Paul and uh, and and Mayweather debacle? That oh, was yeah. probably the waste of time ever. Yeah, I just kind of had it on the side while I was playing Call of Duty, and you know, it was kind of what I expected. Floyd just just kind of was there, wasn't yep. affected at all, wasn't worried at all. You know, Logan, it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was just a very boring fight, and yeah. Kind of what I expected. <laughs> YouTuber boxing, it is becoming a thing. I saw, apparently, I, I'm i not a big, I don't have TikTok or whatever, but there's this, there was a fight yesterday or something. What's that guy's name? There was a bunch of fights last night. There was FaZe Jarvis fought, like, Michael Lee or something. <laughs> he knocked him out, too, which is crazy. Isn't it like, um, what, I'm thinking of, like, Bryce. It was Bryce Hall and Austin McBroom. Bryce Hall. Um, they fought and Bryce Hall got absolutely lit up. Crazy. And this is boxing, correct? Like yeah. this is not like I feel like boxing is sort of becoming a joke. It's there's a mix, right? Because you're getting attention and it's fun to watch if you're fans of these people. Like I'm not a fan, like I know who they are, but mm-hmm. if you're a fan of them and that's what you're into, it's a cool way to, you know, get it going. But I also think you need to make the fine line between boxing and entertainer like influencer boxing because they're very different (laughs) yeah don't don't get it don't get me wrong 
like all the stuff like the Pauls are doing, like Logan and the Mayweather thing and Bryce Hall and all these people, what they're doing for boxing is great because boxing's a it's a great sport when mm-hmm. it wants to be and the fights are good and it's bringing attention back, which I desperately needs because really it has been since... quiet after we lost a few of these bigger fighters that just mm-hmm. left their prime here yeah and but you're right the fact that a 50 and old boxer is settling for fighting a youtuber Owen, Owen, kid oh one and one youtuber yeah it that, there's got to be like you said there's got to be some sort of line there to draw because that that does ruin the credibility of the sport that's the, you know at least with mma and ufc and i'll i'm not going to sit here and lie i don't watch ufc lots right i don't watch boxing lots either because i just mm-hmm. it's not really interesting right now unless there's a you know a fight that i can catch on a live stream that maybe piques interest but ufc just seemed to have it down right like they have all these badass athletes Weird. right Izzy Adesanya, this, he's, uh, I don't know if you know him, mm-hmm. so much fun to watch right now. He's, they, I don't, I didn't like Conor McGregor, um, I don't like his personality and stuff, but like he is one of the best <laughs> fighters ever, so like I, I'll give him that, but I love the way Adesanya does it, I love his personality, it's kind of like what I wish McGregor was, for personality wise, mm-hmm. um, but I love watching Adesanya, the guy's crazy good, he's so entertaining, and he just looks so dominant, and he's terrifying too. <laughs> that there, there was a fight yesterday. Uh, Nate Diaz, uh, who was he fighting? It wasn't Odessani, no, was, was it? Fighting no. uh, Edwards. Edwards, yeah. He got cut off big time, Diaz. Oh, and like Diaz, this is why UFC's great. They have those personalities. He's just blood rushing down everywhere, and he he was better in the back half of the fight from yeah, the highlights. He was he's walking around the whole time. He was having fun. Yeah, strutting Crazy. around. That like that's I think that's why UFC is doing so good right now because they have that credibility. Yeah, like, and guy. no one, everyone believes it. Everyone looks at Nate Diaz and Odesani and they're like, "Yep, these guys would kick anyone's ass." <laughs> yeah, no debate. I saw a guy no tweet, debate. Um, "I'd rather fight a bear than Nate Diaz." And then after the fight, he said, "My point still stands." Yeah, did. exactly. <laughs> like, cause my God, that guy. Yep. It would be terrifying. Dana White, you could make some money off that. UFC fighters versus bears? Like, just... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they would handle themselves pretty well, <laughs> yeah, too. Although yeah. bears... Maybe not. Bears are... If they're fucking huge, they're, they're something else to... I've never fought one, but well, we had I'm Khabib. just going to assume. Khabib used to fight bears as a kid. He used to wrestle with bears. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. He yeah. did, too. What a oh god the UFC man those guys are nuts they're yeah. psychos never would want to get on their their bad side like Ronda Rousey didn't she she would just break people's arms in the ring God man she's a terrifying human <laughs> yeah like it'd be like I remember like one of the intros to the UFC games I saw on like a YouTube video it's just her and this girl's bone just completely snaps out of place I'm yeah. like holy Christ oh man UFC it's magnificent but yeah mayweather good logan paul go home <laughs> fight fight someone that doesn't have a, a career yeah. that you can drag down with you exactly um any anything else you have before before we sign off here no nope, that's all good for me um i'm just excited for this these playoffs to keep going here absolutely and uh if i would have known that game had started already it's it's uh 
Yeah, we're in our first I had it. right now. I would have had Is it still 0-0? Zero, zero? Yeah, I think Islanders took priority in shots. Um, I think they're it's like 10-9 the last they looked for shots, so. All righty. Well, sounds good. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This was episode – we didn't even say the episode number at the start. We just went straight into it. I think this is episode s- eight? eight. I think it's eight. Sait. Sait. Shout out to Sait. Sponsored by Sait. They don't sponsor this. I wish they did. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> um, give some give some RTBM students some love here. <laughs> and uh, I hope you have a good have a good week, everyone, and enjoy the, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Peace out.